1: Welcome to another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry of the Catspaws. Derek, how are you?
0: Doing well, Sean. I want to wish everyone here off the top a Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas Eve today, but don't think we'll be recording uh, again tomorrow. So just a Merry Christmas to all of uh, the listeners to the show. We greatly appreciate you.
1: Absolutely, yeah, we won't be recording anything on Christmas Day. What, what we're doing is we're recording two today uh, and running, of course, we're going to talk about Cal Perry and his, presser, his pre-presser versus Louisville and talk a little bit about that game, and then we're going to run Mailbag Friday on Friday, on Christmas Day, so you're going to have an episode, but it won't be recorded uh, on Friday, so yeah, like Derek said, a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone who listens to the show and then uh, we'll be back on Saturday to discuss whatever happens with Kentucky-Louisville. But speaking of that, Derek, so John Calipari had a Christmas Eve press conference. I actually missed it. I'm an hour behind, and I, did, <laughs> I didn't get up that early. Uh, you were on the Zoom call. So what are some takeaways from that one?
0: Yeah, just off the top, um, since he was the focus of our last episode, Cameron Fletcher, Cal, kind of detailed why he was so direct on Twitter because that was obviously something we talked about but we couldn't remember a time that you know, he basically left no cover at all for Fletcher and he kind of explained that just given the circumstances that um, I guess he's assuming there would be plenty of media in attendance or fans or something at the Louisville game but basically what he was trying to say is that people are going to know that Cameron isn't around so he wanted to get out ahead of that story but he did say that he expects him back um, he didn't offer up any kind of timeline, excuse me, as to when he'll be back. But, you know, he still wants to talk to his mother a little bit more than his high school coach uh, to go on the same page. But he was saying that people around Cam, you know, those people are thanking him for what he's doing. And he really wanted to drill home the point that it was not, I'm sure this seemed like the North Carolina whole ordeal was just kind of the tipping point, but this had been building for quite some time. Um, some other things from the press conference, he kind of, I guess you can call it a jab, but I actually thought it was kind of funny. Uh He said he offered up to postpone <laughs> the game with Louisville and said, you know, there's not going to be any fans. He's you still sure you want to play? Because obviously that was the whole thing back in the summer that Chris Mack didn't see the equity in playing a game, but, you know, there weren't going to be very many fans at Louisville. So uh Califari joking that since they're starting one and five, he's wanting to see if they still wanted to play that game, even though there won't be many fans. But, uh, you know, he kind of talked just about, you know, he's at the point in the season where he, he didn't name the three guys, but he says he's got three guys leading leading the team. And I think you can safely assume that that's Keon Brooks, Davion Manson, and Olivier Saar, the only three guys who aren't freshmen uh, besides Jacob Poppett. But he's still a new guy on this team. So, um I don't know. I mean he's he's had some wild things to say. I don't think we discussed it on this show, Sean, about this wild conspiracy theory about which I don't think he even truly believes it, but about that the changes in the game from ESPN two to ESPN. Like there was very logical things behind the reason that ESPN did that, none of which had to do with uh sending Kentucky basketball to the executioner, as he said on his Monday press conference or his Monday uh radio show with Tom Leach. Well
1: here's the thing. Let's not let's not pretend like ESPN is some you know, network channel that's not, you know, worth a crap. I mean, it's literally right there. People are going to find Kentucky Louisville, Derek, if they want to watch it. I mean, that's just how it is. But, uh, you know, Cal was talking about Fletcher. I'm going through some quotes and stuff here on, on Twitter. And, you know, he did say it was a an accumulation of things. So it wasn't just what happened, you know, on the bench versus North Carolina. Uh, Derek, I was on another podcast earlier this week and was asked about, you know, why hasn't this team been able to jail? Why haven't they been able to get it figured out? And I just went into this big, long spill just talking about, you know, how they're – and it sounds like it's repetitive. I mean, we feel, like, we feel like we say this every year, but I just kept going. I keep coming back to how young they are. I keep coming back to how selfish they are, and it's not intentional. I don't think they're intentionally selfish. Uh, but if there's a place to get it right, I mean – at Louisville, it's not going to be the biggest win in program history, but I guarantee you if they win it Saturday afternoon, it's probably going to feel like it to this fan base considering they've lost five straight. If they lose this game, Derek, how many people do you think check out on this team?
0: I think a few. I mean, yeah, I, I think – I already think it's coming be until to battle to make things to the NCAA tournament, but if they lose Saturday, I think it's – I mean, unless they turn it in a, around in a way that we've never – you know, we couldn't really envision at this point. I mean, think about this, Sean. They've already had one FCC game canceled as well. I mean, we've not got to talk about that yet. Uh, or not canceled, I guess it's postponed for now. But the South Carolina game that was supposed to take place uh, next Tuesday is already off the table. I mean, how many how many games are they even going to be able to play in SEC play? I think you would still expect them to play the majority. But if they lose this game, they're sitting at one and six. Your worst start, You know, they're already off their worst start in 100 years, basically. I think 93 years. Um, if you add a loss to your top rival, probably in basketball, uh, I think you will have plenty of people say, well, what's the point of even following this team at this point? Unless they're just absolute diehard Kentucky fans. And you know, if you're still listening to this podcast, you're probably one of those fans. Maybe you'll continue to watch, but I do think just, uh, the passion or whatnot for this team. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be hard, but. I guess we can flip that, Sean. What what would a win do? For the I mean,
1: obviously that's what I was going to that's what I was about to say is uh like I said, it's not going to be the biggest win. I mean, you're not going out and you're beating you're not beating number 1, number 2, or number 3, but just given the state of this program right now and everything that's kind of happened this week, this has kind of been I think you could say this has been one of the lowest weeks of the Calipari era. If not the lowest, Derek, I mean, given yeah. that he publicly sent a player home, and even though a lot of people believe that that should have been handled in house, Cal didn't think it should be just because word, you know, word would have got out there exactly what happened. And I guess Cal feels like it was better to kind of get in front of that. Uh, if anything, too, it, a lot of people keep bringing up to me that he's actually protecting Cam in the process because Cal's taking the heat for this. Do you do you agree with that? Before I answer what a win would do. Because it does seem Uh, like Cal's taking a lot of the heat and a lot of the criticism on this end instead of Cameron Fletcher. Like on a national thing. Because Jeff Goodman pretty much come out with a five-minute video the other day just absolutely dogging Calipari for this.
0: Well, what we don't know is those other things that Cam did. And, I mean, it, it was a very direct way. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um... But at the same time, if, if Calipari were to sit up there and kind of rattle off everything that Cam did that led to his suspension, that would probably cause some negative reaction, too. But it would also probably – I, I would—I don't know what these things are that led to suspension. I just know that Cal probably has a decently long leash, and for this to have been – like, I, I would say – I guess I'll phrase it this way. I'm guessing Cameron Fletcher earned his suspension. So, I hope what I'm saying makes sense. Like, we're probably going to hear – the only thing we saw was what everybody saw on TV with, with Fletcher crying and being upset that he wasn't playing. But, like, who knows all the things that he had done before. Like, that's what he said today is it wasn't one thing that had led to this. Like, he had just been building and building and building. So, had he come out and listed every single thing that he did to cause the suspension, then people would have been saying, oh, Cal doesn't keep it in-house. He, You know what I mean? Like, it was kind of a, maybe it was a no, no-win situation for Cal. Um, but I, I don't know.
1: What do you think? I think that, I think, I don't know if it was intentional. Like, I don't think that Cal was like, I want to do this and kind of, you know, take the bullet here on a national scene. I just think that Cal did exactly what he felt like he had to do in this situation. And in return, I mean, he's definitely got a lot of criticism from the national media. Like I said, it's no surprise that Jeff Goodman is leading that front. I mean, Jeff even admitted the other day, that you know he and Cal don't have the best relationship, but that he respects Cal. Um, but he did. I mean, he hammered him pretty hard for about five minutes. I can't remember. It was on a podcast uh, that he was talking. There was video on Twitter. It was it was pretty brutal. Uh, but back to what you were saying about what for, would have well, I'm Let me throw this in real quick too. Eric
0: Bossy, who should be a name familiar for Kentucky basketball fans, who follow recruiting, he works twenty four seven now. He posted on our message board that he thought it was a bad look for Cal as well. And every school probably use that against him in recruiting. So I know some people think that Goodman has got like a vendetta for Cal. Maybe it's true to some extent. I really don't know. Uh, but I know that Goodman comes with like that anti-UK like media person, whereas Eric Bosse, I don't think there's any reason to be anti-Cal in any way. But even he, yeah. I think that's just the recruiting perspective of it. So I guess what I would say is don't just write off what Goodman's saying because you think Goodman doesn't like Kentucky or Cal. Like I think it's probably a real thing. If you've got these recruiting experts mentioning it as something to watch going forward,
1: well, that, that's what I was going to say too. Is that even though that you know him, he and Cal don't have the best relationship, I still do think that I don't, I don't think Goodman's lying when he says he respects Cal. Uh, but I mean, because honestly, if you can go on there and say you don't have a relationship nowadays, I mean, obviously you're being pretty transparent with it. Uh, but what a win would do, Derek, is it would. Even if – that's the thing this team needs right now. It just needs to beat someone. Uh, That's why I keep coming back to – if they've got a – you know, now there's reports, you know, Matt Jones reported last night that Kentucky may reschedule uh, that game against South – or schedule someone else in place of the date for South Carolina. I don't know if Cal said anything about that today. If he did, you can uh, kind of fill that in or or correct me on it. But it seems like – Derek, that they just need to schedule anyone. That doesn't need to be a game where they go out and schedule a Power 5 team or somebody. They need to literally, Cal needs to look down the list and just be like, hey, who can we have come play us that we can beat? And if they just beat them by 15, if they beat them by 5, beat them by 30, they just need a win. So what would a win Saturday do? Because clearly that's their next opponent and the only game that's on their schedule as of right now. A win against Louisville, Derek, I think would do a lot of good. I think the win against Louisville last year at Rupp after they had lost Ohio State and then, you know, they had some struggles there in the non conference, I feel like that win kind of ignited a push into SEC play. Uh typically it does. I mean that's a big win to close non conference and go into the conference season. I think that if they if they get a win Saturday, then you got a bunch of kids feeling like that they've finally done something right together. Because I'll tell you it's probably been tough as hell this week. I mean, going through a teammate, you know, being sent home, you know, these kids are there questioning, you know, honestly, I'm assuming, Derek, they're, they're starting, they're beginning to question if they're good enough or not to do this. So I, I just think a win is the first step to, I don't think, I'm not saying that a win is the first step to being a Final Four contender, but I think a win would be the first step to kind of mentally turning the corner for this team and actually seeing something uh, pay off. I mean, they've been, I mean, they've been practicing for a month and they haven't won a game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no question. I think you hit the nail on the head. They just, if they win this game, I mean, it. I do think it could change a lot of things for them, just confidence-wise. So yeah, like I'm sure at this point they're just – everything about what they thought their time at Kentucky would be has it's, it's, it's been nothing – I guess it's just been nothing like what they thought it would be. Um, looking at this from a fan perspective, I, for probably what the fans are thinking, like – to be one and five if they beat Louisville, you can kind of give that old adage of, like, if you don't beat us this year, you're never going to beat us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sure. uh, I, I think it'd be a really – and I hate maybe this is too dramatic, but like, I honestly think it would be, like, a devastating loss for Louisville because Louisville should win. They have the better team. Well, we would think they have the better team based on record. I, I don't know, Sean, if you were in the CJ picks that John Hill sent out. Like, I'll pick Louisville to win. Uh, I just feel like if you don't pick like, – I, I don't know. Like, I don't have any reason to pick Kentucky. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they've done some better things here and there, but they've, like we just said, they've not won a game in a month. Um, but I would be lying, to you, Sean, if some part of me didn't feel like Kentucky's actually going to put it together on Saturday and find a way to win. I don't know if it's because that's how the series is gone or what, but
1: well, that, I don't know. Uh, I'm picking Kentucky, and it has nothing to do with anything other than Cal – just for some reason, just wins this game, Derek. I just, I mean, I've I've thought even, you know, Louisville and stuff last year. Louisville played very well at Rep Arena, gave themselves a chance to win, and and Cal and Kentucky still found found a way to pull it out uh, on the heels of losing two games in Vegas. I mean, they they kind of like this is the thing, like that game last year, which that was a different Kentucky team. That was a Kentucky team that had beaten Michigan State and they had had some success in the non conference. Had some experience, uh, but that game kind of, you know, jump started that start to SEC play. I mean, if 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 Kentucky were playing anyone else Saturday, I think I would pick them to lose, honestly. Uh, but for some reason, I don't know what it is. I just think that that Cal there's a different level of confidence when it comes to Cal in the series, even if he knows that you know his team is struggling. I mean, you heard it in the press conference this week that wants to ruin ESPN's weekend and all this stuff. And, I mean, when you're saying that as a one-and-five coach, that's that's quite a bit of confidence uh, going into this matchup. So I'm going to pick Kentucky. I think it's going to be close. I think that – I mean, could Kentucky certainly lose this game? Absolutely. I don't think that you can go into any Kentucky basketball game right now and assume that they're going to win it. Um, but, you know, too, Derek, there's there's a lot of teams that – around college basketball right now that you'll watch them on Monday night and they play very well and then you watch them again on Thursday and they don't play well uh Tennessee for example I watched that game against South Carolina upstate last night uh upstate I think is 0 and seven and they were right there I mean it was a single point you know single deficit single point deficit game for like the entire up until maybe the ten minute mark of the second half, and then Tennessee went on a run. There's, I, I just don't know really what to make of a lot of these teams. There's, there's one thing that I do know, right now, and that is that it is Gonzaga is very good.
0: Yeah, actually, I'm glad you mentioned Tennessee because I wanted to bring up uh, on this podcast. I've kind of given Cal a hard time about him talking about how tough the schedule is. Um, in his defense, while I don't think Notre Dame and Georgia Tech by any means are, are, are great teams. I hadn't noticed in some ways, which Tennessee was supposed to play a pretty tough schedule this year, and they've had a lot of games canceled because of COVID. Like, It's probably fair to point out that like they've played teams like St. Joe's, who I don't think had won a game. Like you said, SC Upstate hadn't won. These other SEC teams aren't really playing anybody at this point. So, uh, has Kentucky been playing some of those teams? Yeah, obviously the record would be better. I just wanted to mention that because I've been kind of Whoa. critical of Cal's comments, but. That is true that, like, these other teams that – I do Tennessee think Tennessee's a very good team, but you well, know, they've not been challenged at any point. Like, I don't think they've played anybody even on, I would say, Georgia Tech or Notre Dame's level.
1: They they haven't, and, and that's what I was going to say too. Uh, last night kind of showed – and is going to be a good basketball team. Like, right now, if Kentucky-Tennessee played, I'd pick Tennessee. But you could kind of see – that Tennessee hadn't really played anybody with some of the mistakes that they made last night. I I watched literally till the final seven minutes of the game. And, uh, I mean, they had their struggles as well, but their record looks better. Arkansas is another team right now who has a very good record, and they've not played anyone. Uh, Somebody asked me to rank my top four SEC teams going into conference play, and I said, well, if you're going off talent, you know, Kentucky will, Kentucky will be one of the most talented teams. But I'm, they're not in my top four, given how can you put them when they're one and five. Yeah. But I was trying to come up with a list, Derek, and you know who I completely left out, the team that probably deserves to be sitting there number one or number two right now in Missouri. Right, uh, yep. And I just, I hadn't even thought, like, I completely, I, I said Alabama, I'm, I think, will be there in the end. I did give Arkansas and muscle man, or muscle man, muscle man. <laughs> He's definitely not muscle, man. But uh, I gave him, uh, I put them in that top four, top five, because I do think that's a solid program, and I do think they have a chance this year to be good in the SEC. Some of these teams that maybe will take advantage of Kentucky struggling, Tennessee was my top team, completely left out Missouri, though, because I'm just not used to them being good in recent years. But they have a home court win versus Illinois. Uh, they're undefeated. So, I mean, they, they deserve to be in there because, honestly, they've probably done more than anyone in the league has in non-conference play.
0: They have, and they were a team, whenever I did the Catspaws yearbook this year, that I, I didn't love their talent. Like, I didn't think they were just a supremely talented team. But, like, that team, I mean you look at that roster, like, those guys have been around a long time. And it's pretty much been, like, Quanzo's since he got there, it's like these kids that he recruited. They're old now. Um, I, I could see them being a real problem for Kentucky. Just a team like that. Uh, you got a physical guy down low and Jeremiah Tillman. If, if he stays out of foul trouble, he's a problem for a lot of SEC teams. But it's been weird, though. Like I got. i just think with COVID, when games are getting canceled left and right, it's been really hard to like pay pay attention to other teams in the league. Like I, w- I would have said going into the season, that LSU would have been one of the better teams, but man, I couldn't tell you anything about LSU's season to this point. <laughs> no. like I don't know how many games they've played. I don't know how how they're progressing. So it, yeah. that's going to be a strange thing, I think. Once once conference play starts, I don't know. I just know that this is probably a really bad year to have for Kentucky to have kind of dug itself into a hole because I, I just think it's so hard to evaluate teams this year, Sean and. Yeah. Everybody's is. gonna look at that record, and just the bad vibes that are around Kentucky. Like I think they're really gonna have to turn it around in order to have oh. a chance to
1: to well, make the, the NCAA tournament. I mean,
0: did you think about this? They're five games or four games right now below five hundred. They lose Saturday. I mean it's gonna be a grind just to even like I'm being dead serious. It's gonna be a grind to finish above five hundred this year. Well they are not gonna be considered at all for any postseason play if you don't finish above five hundred.
1: Well then things are happening right now too that I've been kind of saying is gonna happen. Uh, I, I kept saying this for the last three weeks, that you're going to run into postponements. You're going to run into games that at some point, Derek, that you're going to have to just jam them all into a week just to have them made up. And that's the thing that you're into. This team needs wins right now. Uh, South Carolina game at Rupp Arena, you would like to think that that's a game Kentucky can win, and they just it just got pushed out for a while. We don't know when exactly that's going to be. What happens if you run into a situation and you drop three or four games due to postponement? How are you making all those up? I mean, there's a window, but for four? So, does, like right now, I think it's Kentucky just needs wins. I don't think they need good wins. They just need wins right now on their resume. Uh, because I, I felt like that this would be a season, Derek, if they could, like, obviously they blew the non-conference. Like, they they've blew opportunities that if they could have just been like 3 and 3 out of the stretch then the committee would look at a team like Kentucky and a program like Kentucky in March and be like hey it's it's you know it's covid-19 it's been a weird year but this is Kentucky you can't do that when they're 1 and 5 like you can't you can't look at that and go oh, this is Kentucky because I mean, obviously you can't put teams in that have resumes like Kentucky has right now so Kentucky to me Kentucky just needs wins in a year like this. They need to if they play eighteen conference games, Derek, I think the magic number, honestly, I think they gotta win thirteen. I feel like getting to thirteen and five in the league would be huge. Uh if they go nine and nine, it's still putting them in a situation where they'd have a losing record.
0: Yeah. So I mean thirteen and five, uh, let's just for fun, well, let's just say they win Saturday. So that would put them what? Fifteen and nine? Yeah. Yeah. Fifteen and nine. I mean, like that, that's probably good enough to get in. I would say maybe. I don't know. I don't want to do. I don't even want to try to project this bracketology stuff this far out, just because it's going to be so, so it wild. Is. But thirteen and five. Like I could see that if they do start to turn around, I could see that being the record because that probably still builds in losses. You know, road games, Tennessee, Florida. They do play Alabama on the road, right? I know they play Alabama. They do. It? Okay, it's on they, the road. They play, so.
1: they play Auburn on the road. I mean, there's there's some tough games in there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how those games are weighted and all that. But like I said, I'm I'm picking Kentucky, and it has nothing to do with the game of basketball. It has more to do with the uh, the mindset that that John Calipari just has a different level of confidence when it comes to this series, and he should. I mean, he he should when he goes in that building and you know when he plays that team. Uh, usually, good things happen. So if they lose Saturday. I can tell you this: it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be some dark days in the state of Kentucky when it comes to basketball. But Derek, before we wrap this up, since this is a Christmas Eve episode, I don't know about you, but let's let's name our top three Christmas movies. I don't know if you watch many Christmas movies or not this time of year, but I'm I, th- I think everybody could have three.
0: Sure. Uh, number one is without doubt. And I, I, I want zero pushback from people on this. I refuse to even listen to anyone who says it's not a good movie. But It's a Wonderful Life. By oh. far, my favorite Christmas movie. Um, I would say...
1: You can go five if you have five.
0: No, nah, tell going to be hard for me to get to the... Like, I don't know. A Christmas Story is always on. On You know, yeah. it's kind of like the tradition. I think it's on TV. It's like 24 hours on Christmas Day. So I'll put that in there. Then I, I, I like Elf. You, you know, it's a little feral. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, something everybody loves, but I'm going to throw that in there. What, what's, your ears, what's your favorite?
1: My favorite is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I could watch it yeah, over really and over and over again. Like <laughs> I, I don't care if I know every single word to it. Uh, it stays on my DVR for 12 months, Derek. Like, I watch it. There's days I pulled up in May and watch it. I love that movie. Uh, and I'm a Home Alone person. I love both Home Alones.
0: So, Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2 would be uh, 2 and 3?
1: Yes, that's my top three. I know that's pretty boring. But No love, love
0: for It's a Wonderful Life? Are you one of, you one of those guys, Sean?
1: No, I do. Life? I do love It's a Wonderful Life. But you're you're not going to believe this. The first time I ever watched It's a Wonderful Life was in a college course.
0: Oh, I watched it in high school. Had, I had, had school never.
1: I took a I took a film class um, as an elective when I was in uh, community college, and we had to uh, we'd we'd watch a film every Friday. That was our class. It was just one day. Um, uh, one. I think it was one credit hour. No, maybe. I think it might have been a one credit hour class. I'm not sure. Uh, but we would watch a film and then write a review and stuff of it. And that was the first time I ever watched it.
0: Well, very surprising. It, uh, well, it's actually got a pretty interesting backstory. I mean, for anybody who doesn't know it, like when it came out in 1946, there was apparently like a huge snowstorm. And a lot of people didn't get to go see it. Like it was like across the country, and a lot of people didn't get to go watch it. I think I'm telling the story right. So like I think the popularity in that movie was like quite a while after it, it came out. But uh, no, I actually haven't watched it yet this year. Um, had planned to watch it. Uh, Abby and I have a like date nights on Friday nights. And the last time that wasn't I guess it wasn't last week, but the week before it was like still warm outside. I just told her, I was like, I just, it doesn't feel like Christmas to me to watch this movie. So I wanted to wait, and then it just turned out I guess I still could watch it today uh, if I really wanted to, or tomorrow even. But you had some good picks there, Sean. It's been a long time since I've watched Home Alone, but um, well, I can certainly remember when we were watching that kind of, are, are there any just classics that were that people are going to be like, how, how the hell did they not mention these Christmas movies?
1: Die Hard? Yeah. I could see, I could see some people out there depending on what age group listens to this, which I definitely think age group has a, a big factor in it. Um, yeah. I think some people would say the Grinch.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I do like that one. I mean, if it. it yeah, I like it feel. A Christmas Story, I think, is more tradition than anything else. Like, I, I will watch it every yes, single year. Yeah, that's what year. I was trying
0: to say. Yeah, it's,
1: it's not like a fantastic movie or anything like that, but there's so many points. It's one of those movies you've watched it so many times that you can literally remember every moment of it and recite every moment of it, just about. Um, uh, I mean, it's a classic. I mean, that's why it's 24 hours a day starting sometime tonight. So I will probably watch it at some point. My my TV, though, this time of year stays on Freeform or AMC because you see a ton of Christmas movies on those uh, on those channels. I'm trying to think if there's any more that would be left out. And then my mom, for some reason, she loves Christmas with the Cranks, even though it's not one of the best Christmas movies ever, but she loves it. And typically in a normal year, we would sit around and watch that. Because that's one of her favorites, but we haven't, you know, done that this year, obviously. My mom did get the vaccine yesterday, Derek, I, so I'm oh, okay. starting to have some, uh, a little bit more, uh, not as worried, I guess, I guess which is a yeah. good thing.
0: I had a friend, uh, Monday, one of my best friends, he works at UK's hospital, he got the vaccine as well.
1: I'll tell you another movie
0: I liked, just going back to it real quick, The Polar Express, that came out uh, yeah. 2004. I was 10 years old, that movie came out, uh. I can remember, I think I remember going to the movie theater in school, going to watch that movie. That was, from what I remember, I liked it a lot. It's been a few years since I've seen it, too.
1: Isn't there a place you can go and actually do a train ride and go through parts of the Polar Express? Isn't that somewhere?
0: Oh, I'm sure there there is. Uh, I don't know
1: why I want to think that's in North Carolina or somewhere. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Somebody listen to the show. If I'm right on that, let me know, because that's something I would like to do, honestly cool. Uh, yeah, wrapping up here. Uh, Keely, you know, Keely teaches school and her classroom or uh we was doing some there was there was one thing I think it's when we were in school and decorated a room like the polar express and then had the kids come in and we did hot chocolate and all kinds of stuff. It was pretty cool. Uh I'm all about this time of year and things like that. I'm a very I'm a big Christmas fan. Uh so Derek This has been just a simple episode, just talking about Kentucky, Louisville, talking about Cow's Presser. Hopefully, hey, we want people to reply with their favorite Christmas movies. Like, tweet us and be like, hey, you all left this one out. Maybe people will jump on board with It's a Wonderful Life with Derek. Uh, Derek, I hope you and your family, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. And uh, we're going to do a mailbag episode. We'll just do the questions. So you'll get an episode on Christmas Day from us, and then we'll be back on Saturday to uh, talk about exactly what happens at the Young Center. I'm, I'm assuming you won't be there, will you, Derek?
0: No. Uh, well, yeah. I don't I don't think so.
1: Same here. I won't be there either. So uh, we'll see exactly what happens. But to you all, let's say you don't listen to the mailbag episode until Saturday. We just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. We hope you and your family stay safe Uh 2020's been rough on everyone, so hopefully you uh, you can end it with some happy thoughts and and maybe 2021 will uh, will start to uh, bring positives, not just to the Kentucky basketball program, Derek, but uh, to all of us who who kind of need it. It's been a rough year, but Kentucky Daily will be back here pretty soon with a mailbag episode. We'll catch you then.